Thriving in Singleness, episode 29. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here's your host, Tom DeLong. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Ringing in 2022 with us is Darylin Kinneberg. Darylin, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Definitely. Thanks so much for being here today. Uh I've I've really enjoyed seeing a lot of the cool things that you've had going on. So before we really dig into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do. Well, I'm from Tennessee, and for the last, it's getting close to four years now, I've been working overseas um, doing humanitarian aid in Greece, and then most recently living in Jordan studying Arabic. Whoa, that's really cool. And so... So four years in Greece working with refugees, that that's incredible work. Like, what do you do uh, as you're helping with the refugees exactly? Um, we well, when I was there, it was so in the four years, it was not like straight four years because as an American, it's really hard with the visa process there. Um, you can't okay. normally you can't stay longer than three months. So it'd be three months at a time, then stateside for a few months, and then just back and forth a lot. So I was working in the refugee camp Moria, and it's on a little island called Lesbos. And it was just a hot spot. You'd have, depends on the season, you'd have a lot of refugees, sometimes 100 a day, new ones showing up from Turkey. And we would have over 30 nationalities in camp. And so my main job, I would work with housing them and then just keeping up with the housing system that in camp, it would vary anywhere around from 4,000 refugees up to maybe 20,000 refugees in camp. That's incredible. And so like, how do you, how do you get involved with something like that? Well, very randomly, actually, for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Somebody came to our church back in, I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. And they had been there and they did a presentation on it and were saying how you could uh, volunteer over there. And so I, yeah, the presentation just got to me and I decided to go and help out for myself. That's cool. And I know one of the best questions I ever asked myself was why not? Like, why, why can't I do this? And so like, are you, are you typically comfortable getting out of your comfort zone? Is that a normal thing for you? Or was there like an extra nudge that was like, hitting your heart, you have to do this and just get uncomfortable with it. I'd say it's pretty typical for me, but normally I take friends with me. Um, okay. So I, the first time I went, I, one of my cousins went with me because I did, I really okay. didn't want to like go by myself for a month. Cause I like the first time I went, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, so it was good. It was nice to have somebody along. That's incredible. And it's, it's good that you're able to kind of make it back home stateside between different trips out there. And like, what, what work do you do when you are at home in Tennessee? I build small storage sheds. You build small um, storage sheds. I think you sheds. had Steph okay. on. Yeah, Steph. <laughs> yeah. I think you had Steph on a few months ago and mm-hmm. um, I work with her in the shop. Okay. So. Awesome. It's great. That's, I love it. That's really cool. So you physically build the sheds. 
<laughs> yeah. So like like you're you're like out there with a hammer, just that's that's awesome. So like yeah, and then um then my brother in law Jesse comes and hauls them away and delivers them, right? Yep, that's right. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a pretty we got small a good crew world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So when were you recently in Jordan? Um, I came home just a few days before Thanksgiving. Okay. So I guess like around November twentieth or something. All right. And so you're learning how to how to speak Arabic when you're in Jordan and just immersing in the culture. Is that how that works? Yep. When I um so in the camp the refugee camps in Greece, um there's majority Arab and then Afghanistan and then African. So you have three main languages and the first time I went Arabic would have been the main language and the one that I was the most familiar with. And so I started picking up Arabic in camp and then it just made me want to be able to learn more and actually be able to communicate by myself without a translator. Okay. And is it safe to go over to Jordan? Yes. I don't know what it's Jordan like. I've never is, been there. It's okay. It's a very safe country. It's right. like, that's one of the number one things that everybody asks me about Jordan. And it's a oh, really? very safe country. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now... Now in Greece, what are what are some of the highlights of things you've been able to see or do in in Greece? Because I'd imagine while you're there, you you do get to see some pretty nifty things, and it just looks beautiful. Like if you Google Greece, like I'm sure only the best of Greece rises to the top in the in the searches. But uh, I'm sure there's it seems like there's so much beauty over there too. I would love to check it out. Oh yeah, it's so pretty. Well, we would be, whenever I was there, I was on a small island, very small island, just off the coast of Turkey. And okay. I think the islands are by far the most beautiful parts of Greece. That's cool. Basically think of like a tropical island and you got it. Okay. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We would often have our weekends off. Mm-hmm. And so then we'd be able to check out the beaches and explore the island. Okay, that's really cool. Do you see yourself doing doing work in Greece long term or uh, where do you feel like that fits in? Um, I don't. I would I think as far as Greece goes, I'm done working there, which I thought that last year and then okay. I went back for 3 months again this year. Gotcha. From my time it took some of my time away while I was in Jordan. But I think I'll be in the Middle East long term. I'm home right now, like, kind of trying to figure out where I want to go and which country. But okay. it'll definitely be in the Middle East somewhere. Gotcha. That's really cool. So right now, you are, you're single, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so, do you feel like it's it's been pretty easy to be able to get up and go and, and serve in in the capacity that you're serving right now? Yes, for sure. That's that's really good. So what are what are some of the biggest struggles that you feel that you're facing right now in in the midst of singleness cuz it seems like you're pretty excited and, and happy with what you're doing. Do you do you struggle with singleness at all? No, I don't. Um I'm <laughs> I like the name of your podcast. I would say it's pretty oh, thank fitting you. for where I'm at right now. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I'm really enjoying um, just the flexibility and being able to just, you know, like I'm in, where I was in Jordan and then 
the organization in Greece contacted me and was like, hey, we have a project. Can you come back? Can you come help us, you know, for one to three months with this project? And, you know, I was like, thought about it, talked about it a little while. And I was like, yeah, I can come. And they're like, we don't know when it's happening, but whenever it happens, like, you need to come right away. Nice. And so I was like, cool, I can do that. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of flexibility. And yeah, I'm, I really enjoy that. That's such a good place to be also, like being able to literally thrive in your singleness. Like there was there a point that that was more difficult for you which, or was it something that you've always been comfortable with? Because I know some people have that magic talent, which I never had uh, growing up of, of having the ability to just be like, yeah, I'm single. And that's that's cool. I'm chill with that. Like what was it a transformational heart or is that just how it's always been for you? I would say that's how it's always been for me. That being said, just with all the traveling and spending time like in different countries and kind of bouncing around, it would be nice to have somebody with you. Yeah. Like, hence me always trying to make my friends go to Greece with me. Yeah. <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah, it's true. nice to have somebody there that you know and are familiar with and, you know, traveling and all of that. That would be nice. Yeah. But I'm fairly good at making friends and getting along with, you know new people. And so it's, it hasn't been hard for me. That's really good. And it's, it's so wonderful to have that gift and just like trust God full on, like, Hey, uh, it's, it's in your hands. And I mean, I'm a little jealous. I wish I always had grown up without that strong urge, but of course God puts those urges in our heart for a reason. Like, uh, for me, it was very strong, but I had to learn to put God ahead of that desire. And do you personally have a desire to get married someday? Yeah, I think I would like to be married one day. So, yeah, and I think it's something that it's it's so important to continue praying for. And, you know, if God lays it on your heart, continue praying for it. In the meantime, just trust him in, in what you're doing in your in your day to day. So in the past four years, you've been able to focus a lot of of your time and energy into the Middle East. And so can you explain the refugee crisis uh, in simple terms for those of us who might not know exactly what is going on over there? Um, so the refugee crisis in the Middle East or in Greece? Sorry, I did say the Middle East. Yeah, so in, in Greece, what is this specific refugee crisis happening in Greece right now? Well, I mean, I guess that would go back to your first question. It's all because of what's happening in the Middle East, oh, okay. which is a lot of war um, that's mm -hmm. been going on for the last, you know, 10, 15 years in quite a, quite a few of the different countries. Um, so people are fleeing from war and they're actually walking from their countries like Syria Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, and they're walking to Turkey, and um, everybody coming from Africa will usually fly to Turkey, and then they pay smugglers to smuggle themselves from Turkey to the little Greek islands, and it's usually only a couple hour like boat ride, which is pretty dangerous because a lot of times the boats don't work well, and... They don't have enough life jackets, they're overcrowded, so maybe they get halfway out and then the boat just stops working. Maybe mm. it starts sinking because they're just little rubber rafts. So they've 
they've had a lot of people have drowned trying to cross over and yeah so anyways then when they come they get brought into the camp there on the island and then that's where we see them and work with them yeah and have you been able to see a lot of changed lives there in the camp Ooh, that's a hard question um the camp is a is a really terrible place so the camp i'm Mm -hmm. talking about actually fully burned down in 2020 and the new camp is thankfully much better camp and a lot less crowded um so what i'm talking about would be the past camp that no longer exists i haven't actually worked in the new one yet but because it was such a a small overcrowded it was originally a army prison built for i think it was around 2500 people okay and at its max there was 20,000 refugees stuffed into this camp oh my goodness and so with that and then all the different nationalities and there's just always a lot of stuff going on it was just it was a lot of darkness in camp wow that's that's really tough and it's so good that you're a kind of a light in a dark place in amongst all of that the organization there is pretty amazing they've they've touched a lot of people's lives that's really cool so now are you going to be returning to to say jordan sorry is it it's not it's undecided still okay all right so it's most likely going to be jordan but there's a couple other countries in the middle east I'm also looking into, so okay, we'll we'll see. Gotcha. And and is that to continue learning Arabic uh, or finding other serving opportunities? Well, if it's it's going to be to serve to continue serving, um, my Arabic is pretty good, but I would like to keep studying. Like I'm not at a place that I'm ready to just say, oh, I speak Arabic great, and I don't need to study. Definitely not. Yeah. There. Okay. Gotcha. So I would love to work. And then be able to study part-time still. Okay. And now you said that you often take take friends over with you. And and one thing I've found doing this podcast is community is definitely very important. And and I think being able to have friends to go over with you, for, for one, it shows the level of friends that they are willing to willing to go on those trips and and do those things and that's really cool uh like now where do you where do you typically find your community um yeah i've been able going to greece i've had a lot of my friends and family my sisters four of my sisters i have five sis four sisters three of my sisters have come over there multiple times and spent months with me in greece working which is amazing okay yeah in greece just with your organization there you have a lot of community inside and outside of camp. We have a church just made up of the volunteers and random people from camp, some of the refugees, and yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's really neat. And what what's your recommendation to somebody who is is borderline on whether they want to get involved with with missions or not? What's your recommendations to them? Absolutely. I would say yeah. 100% go for it. Okay. Um even if you're questioning it you should give it a definitely give it a try. When I first went, it was just kind of a random decision and mm-hmm. it's not something that I've had on my heart or like growing up I ever wanted to do. And so I decided to go for one month and then was like that's, you know, 
plenty of time for me over there and then I'll come back home. And one month is all it took. I was, it changed my life. Yeah, that's really nifty. So what else has been on your, on your heart lately in the midst of uh, going, going to these different places and, and everything you have going on? Definitely coming home and just seeing what all we have here and what all I have and how blessed I am. Like, yeah, definitely is a lot more noticeable. And I think about it a lot more and just like spending money on what I'm spending money on when I see all these people in different countries who are just struggling to, you know, pay rent and get food for their families and yeah, that's I think about that a lot more when I'm whenever I'm home. Yeah, I think it's so easy to overlook what all we have here in the United States. I mean, we are we're so privileged. I mean, it, it's just it's we don't realize how blessed we are and it's it's got to be so eye-opening going over there and then and then coming back, like, is it difficult getting plugged back in when you return home from wherever you go? No, it hasn't been difficult for me. I've, I adjust very well. So whenever Good. I go over there, come home, it's normally pretty easy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I usually have a list about a mile long of food that I'm excited to eat while I'm home. Oh, okay, <laughs> nice. What's, what's the thing you look forward to the most when you get back? Oh man, it, there's no one thing. Definitely okay. grilled food. All right. Burgers. Yeah. Um, Mexican food. Okay. And ice cream. Awesome. So, what are the most challenging aspects of going out and being gone for months at a time when you're out serving on these missions trips? Well, when I'm in Greece, it's never longer than three months. Um, so that's not very difficult because, in my opinion, three months isn't a very long time to be gone. Yeah, so being in Greece, probably one of the more difficult things is just the actual work in camp. The conditions in camp are so bad, and we can only do so much. And so it's pretty difficult just to see how people are living and not be able to help them more than what we're doing. Yeah, and it's... It's tough when you see somebody that you you really want to help and and you're so limited on what what all you can do in the midst of that. And uh, when they come in as refugees and they they how long are they typically with with you guys in the camp? Am I using the right terminology there for like camp or how do you yeah. prefer to refer to it? We call it okay. camp. Okay, That's it great. camp. How yeah, how long do they typically stay in the camp? Families move through probably the fastest, families and single women. Okay. And thankfully, um, the process has changed a bit, and they're moving through a bit faster than the previous years. Um, single men definitely stay the longest. I've met okay. many people, single men, families alike, who have been in some camps for maybe three years. Wow. And... With that, especially the single men, they may still have get, be getting rejections every time they request asylum. Mm -hmm. They're three years in and no further in their asylum process. Okay, so that's that's the process. Is they're seeking asylum to 
to live in Greece then at that point or go elsewhere? Yeah, most of them somewhere else in Europe is their end goal. A lot of them want to go to Germany or Holland, Britain. Um, So they're just trying to pass through Greece, but just with the laws, they have to seek asylum in Greece because that's their point of entry. Okay, gotcha. Now, what do you have to say to people who who are in a place in their lives where they can go and do do something similar to what you're doing but are afraid to? Like, what's your recommendation to them? Uh, my recommendation would be that they just stop worrying about everything that's going on stateside. If it's, you know, they have a job they don't want to lose financially, they're worried about it. Maybe, you know, in the future, what will your future look like if you're not saving all of your money now? Uh, my advice would to be not to worry about that and, you know, get out there and serve. If you have a heart for a certain country or a certain people group, um, I would highly recommend going for it if that's where the Lord is leading them. Yeah, certainly. I think it's certainly something worth considering. I, I personally wish that I, I spent more or at least tried some type of international missions. Whereas I've led Young Life, as many of the listeners of the podcast can attest to. I like to talk about that a lot. Uh, that was one of the most rewarding things I've done in my life. And, But I, I think it's, it's really great that you were presented with that opportunity. And yeah, one of the best questions you can ask yourself is why not? I mean not let the little things stop you from just going for it, you know? And do you think that in singleness, it's important to find ways to serve? I think in whatever stage you're in, in life, it's yeah. important to find ways to serve. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think there's a different level of capacity for single versus married? I think so. Because as a single person, you have a lot more time on your hands than if you're married and have children. Yeah, I can I can attest that it, it's tough making time for everything that I try and do. I mean, I am so thankful to be doing this podcast, so thankful that God laid singleness on my heart to be doing so. And and I'm also thankful I can be involved with youth ministry at my church. That's That's something that's been on my heart for for a long time that I'm able to, uh, you know, I kind of took a break from youth ministry after I got married and, uh, for a long time thereafter, but it's great to, to get back into it and be, be participating more with my church. And I think, and I think seeking out ministry at, at one shape or form at some level is, is an important thing to be doing too. Yeah, I agree with you. That's great that you're involved with youth ministry. I think it's so important to have people who just have a heart for the youth and want to get involved with them and help lead them and teach them. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm super blessed, so uh, it's been really good. And now, what else has what else has been on your heart recently in in the midst of your of your missions? Just being overseas, away from my family and friends. It gives me a lot more time 
just to reflect, I would say, on my relationship with God. And mm-hmm. then also seeing the hardships and being in a country where the majority is Islamic and not Christian. Yeah, so it just really makes me want to focus more on my relationship with God and spending more time in prayer and just, mm-hmm. yeah, really seeking God a lot more. Do you have a a favorite verse or a verse that has been on your heart recently that you'd like to share? I do. It's two verses. Mm-hmm. It's John thirteen thirty four and 35. It says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this is something that is just always on my heart when I'm overseas, especially, because depending on the work we're doing, you can't witness your, you know, it's just through your actions and what we have going on with people. And I think this verse is just so true. People can really see Jesus in you just with your love towards others and how you interact and treat others. Yeah, absolutely. And how can how can me and the listeners be praying for you? Well, y'all could pray for me as I'm um, trying to see where the Lord leads and which country I should be working in, which organization. Um, I could definitely use a lot of prayer for guidance through this. Certainly. So in your line of missions, is there a way people can donate to you or to the organization in your name? They could just contact me. And then I can give information through, like, personally. Okay, gotcha. What's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, WhatsApp or Instagram. Instagram. Would be great. Okay. What's your Instagram? I actually have to look because I can never remember it. All right, no worries. It's not that complicated. It's just yeah. Apparently, there's more Daras than just me. Which okay, is gotcha. Odd with my <laughs> unusual name. Okay, okay, it's underscore Dara underscore K. Gotcha. Underscore Dara, underscore K. And, and I'll tag you as well uh, with a couple of posts. People can find you that way and, and hopefully reach out. And if, if they feel uh, you know inspired by the work you're doing, they can they can reach out and find a way to contribute or get involved and um, and be able to see the incredible work that you're doing. So, But, yeah, Daryland, thanks so much for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate hearing about what you got going on, and I really appreciate the fact that you get out and, and do those things. We need more people to recognize the need for these types of uh, of service, and it's it's really cool that God had put that on your heart. So, um, But, yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun chatting with you, and, yeah, I agree with you. I would love to see more people out there. Awesome. Yeah, well, everybody, be sure to... Get out there, seize the day, maximize every chapter of your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.